0: a brand ambassador with Elite Legacy Education. We'll be talking about real estate investing. We're going to be talking about the entrepreneurial life and all things related to business. And more importantly, how you can be actively increasing the amount of money going into your pocket by making good investment decisions. All that and more on today's episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're talking today about what do you do with your money? More importantly, how do you invest your money? And if you've been paying attention at all, you know that right now, there's never been a better time to get engaged with real estate investing. We're going to be talking a little bit about that today. More importantly, we're going to be talking about how do you even really develop a... a Perspective in life on helping other people and using the money you're making to make a greater impact uh, with the people that you're engaging with. Today we're sitting down with Whitney Chafin, who is a brand ambassador and a professional speaker with Elite Legacy Education Incorporated. She knows all there is to know about real estate investing. She's also a new mom. In fact, her eight-month-old, excuse me, eight-week-old is on camera right now, joining us on the show. Whitney. Thank you for joining me here today.
1: You are so welcome. Thanks so much for having me, and thank you for letting me uh, have little Dax along with us on this. I appreciate that.
0: Hey, the more the merrier. I don't know if I've had someone on the podcast who's rocking their baby to sleep as we're chatting, and I hope, <laughs> I hope that that you know the 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 vibe of the show is conducive to um, his nap.
1: I hope so too. I really hope it works out. But you know, that's kind of the the whole purpose of what we're talking about is I'm now a stay-at-home mom because of all the things I've been able to do with real estate and with um the giving back and all of that. So, it's pretty cool that he actually gets to be a part of this.
0: Of course. Yeah, well, and it's it's looking at your bio, it's it's fun to think about really where is the best starting point for today because you know, like you've mentioned you've you've been in in real estate investing, it's part of what's gotten you into your position now. Um, with uh, Elite Legacy Education. And you are someone who you're giving back. You're making a big impact in other ways, um, which we're going to talk about here today. So first things first, uh, I gave my sort of spiel on who you are and what the listeners can expect from you today. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. So um, I am a real estate investor. I'm also a licensed real estate agent. But aside from that, I like to consider myself a philanthropist. Um, I really have always had the desire to give back from a very young age. I grew up in the Midwest. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I lived in Ohio for the first 20, probably 20 years of my life. I lived in Los Angeles for a little bit, and I now live in Delray Beach, Florida. So um, growing up in the North, you kind of see, in my opinion, a lot of um, people from all different walks of life, because where I grew up, it was in an area where it was pretty depressed. It's a little town called East Liverpool, Ohio. The only person well-known from there is Lou Holtz. So (laughs) we don't have a whole lot going on there. Hang on.
0: uh, Hang on. I I live in Arkansas, and so Lou Holtz (laughs) is... you know. People love Lou Holtz, so it's this true. is already a connection.
1: He's a good man, he is. And, and East Liverpool is kind of a speck on the map. And so, you know, you kind of are a big fish in a little pond when you're there, and you do see a lot. And what I mean by that is a lot of depressed situations. So, um, drug and alcohol addiction is very big there. Um, incarceration is very big there because people get bored, so they sell drugs, and then they get addicted, and it, it becomes a very challenging life to live when you're in that environment consistently and you don't really know anything else. So um, growing up, I kind of always had this desire to help people and I ended up going to college for journalism. And when I got into broadcasting, I didn't enjoy it. You know, I like doing what we're doing right now, but it was more so interviewing people about, you know, their, their child just getting murdered. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm not really into that. You know, I, I kind of vibe with all the positive thinking stuff. So um, long story short, I end up in Delray beach, Florida in 2000, 13, I think it was. And um, at this point, I had a degree in journalism. I was working in the TV industry. But what brought me here was there was a position at a car dealership, which is completely not my forte (laughs) at all. So random. (laughs) So random. But the position was a marketing assistant and the assistant to the owner of the dealership who happened to be completely blind. So he wow. literally had no usable vision. He and his brother, um, they have a disorder, a disease called macular degeneration. And so, by the time they were about forty-five years old, both of them were completely blind. Wow. And that was something very new to me because I loved helping people, but I had never, you know, been in the the um, the helping people in that scenario. You know, mm. I was never really good with like nursing and and um, helping the elderly. I just that kind of like scared me a little bit. So getting thrown into that position, it. Had me really gain an appreciation for life because you know you can become successful as a business person, but try doing it with no eyesight. And this sure. man was able to do it. Um, had a twenty-four million dollars you know car dealership, fourteen acre complex, and one of the uh, unique things about him and why I'm kind of getting to this point is because he couldn't see. He didn't really want to do TV advertising or print advertising where you know it was something that he couldn't really visually you know visualize. So one of their ways of advertising was by partnering with local nonprofits and putting vehicles on display and having merchandise and things you could actually touch and feel and be a part of. And so when I started working there, one of my roles was to secure some of our nonprofit events and things that we would do. So nonprofits would come to me and say, we need $10,000 to put on this event. Would Lincoln Motor Company like to sponsor us? And right. I would secure that. So it, it came to where we were at six nonprofits, I think when I first started, by the time I was done working there, which was about three and a half years later, we were up to almost 67 nonprofit organizations. And that is kind of where I kind of became this face of philanthropy because I was I was the girl that was consistently securing these things. But there was a nonprofit that I worked with that personally helped me. And their name is Place of Hope. And what they do is they actually house children who are aging out of foster care. So I learned about the need for housing, you know, by working with all these groups, but what I didn't say is when I moved to South Florida, I was going through a depression. So I, I was mentally, physically you know, diagnosed with depression. And the way that I got out of it was by helping all of those people. So hmm. when I had an opportunity, I said, when I can give back to somebody, Place of Hope is going to be the first nonprofit I give to because by helping them, it helped me you know, overcome my depression. So uh, in 2016, I wanted to start investing in real estate because... I am a millennial and I don't like working for other people. And so (laughs) I I always had this dream of of not doing that. You know, I wanted to kind of be my own boss, but it's hard to figure that out, you know, what you want to do. And so at 25, I was like, you know what? I think I want to invest in real estate. And the unique thing about that is my dad is a real estate investor. So he's been investing since before I was born. And you would think that, you know, I would follow that path, but I didn't want anything to do with it. So at 25, I finally decided I wanted to. I ended up going to uh, a free workshop that was in Miami, Florida to learn how to invest in real estate. And long story short from there, within about six months, I was able to quit my job because I was making enough money off of the properties that I had invested in. Wow. And that was at 26 years old.
0: Wow. And a great part of the story as well is I know in 2018, mentioning Place of Hope, you actually donated $25,000 uh, back into the nonprofit. So I, I think that's a great part of the story is, you know, you had gotten into real estate investing and you had made enough money, like you said, to give back, but very tangibly give back, you know, not just like donate time, but actually make, um, I mean, any nonprofit would love to have another $25,000 on their bottom line. So that's a great part of the story.
1: Thank you, and it, it you know it, it's funny because twenty five thousand it is a lot of money, but I wanted to give them a hundred thousand and I didn't have it. Yeah, <laughs> but the way that it worked was they actually, which is really a cool thing, is they work with donors who basically have a lot of money that they need to get rid of in terms of like taxes at the end of the year, and what they were doing is any money that you donated, they would actually build a building. On their campus of housing the, these children, and they they named it after me. So I built this library for them, and they ended up naming it after me and my family, which is really cool. Yeah. I didn't know going into it that that's what they were going to do, but you know, then you see it and you see the the life that it can give all the kids that really do need a second chance, and it it was so worth it. Probably the coolest thing I've ever done.
0: So tell me about like, do you feel like like we've joked a little bit about like being a millennial, and and I'm a millennial too. And you know, whenever you talk to someone who's not a millennial, you know they have their own perceptions on what. millennial is and all the things that are attached with that. But talking about like stigmas and I guess cliches a little bit, something that's interesting about you is you're talking about, so you've you've done well for yourself in real estate investing, but you also have this incredibly empathetic side of you that's caused you to still be engaged in the nonprofit space, to be engaged in the philanthropy space. Um, One thing I'm not sure if I've mentioned yet is uh, Whitney's Place which is the um, affordable housing uh, business that you're doing as well for people who, who need affordable housing, or maybe you're coming out of addiction. It, sometimes it feels like these things are a bit opposed in that you think about the person who's very empathetic, but doesn't make a lot of money. And the person who's making a lot of money and doing well for himself professionally and it's kind of like an afterthought to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem like this perfect combination of the two. Uh, do, do you, does it ever surprise anyone? Or do you feel like it's a bit of a rarity that you have both sides of that of that picture in you?
1: I do. Um, my fiance likes to call me a unicorn. If you've ever seen the unicorn video uh, that's on YouTube about like the female that doesn't exist, that's a unicorn. He jokes around and says, that's me. But I have to say, I haven't always been that way. I mean, at the very beginning of my life and wanting to do that stuff... I was very ego driven. Um, not that I was cocky by any means, but it was all about me and how I could feel good about things. And I think the shift happened when I was about 21 years old and lost a friend to a drug overdose. And when that happened, it helps you kind of put things into perspective because you know, the thought of it you think about, and I don't want to make this all about addiction, but you think about it for a moment. It's like, what could be so bad in life that you want to escape reality every day and to the point to where you, you die. And for me, it was that that I think changed it for me is that I didn't want anybody to come into my life and feel worse leaving my life. I wanted to make everybody feel better about my presence in their life in some way. And it's funny because it is a rarity. I think when people meet me at first, they're they're like, there's no way that this girl is this nice. There's no, there's no way that she is this. And it's actually been a detriment in some scenarios. Like I've, I've lost friendships and relationships over it just because I think it's other people that maybe have insecurities in themselves that can't believe somebody is so high on life and and so giving and wanting to do those things. But I've met people from both sides of it, you know, who have all the money and want to give and have all the money and could give a crap less about
0: giving. Yeah. Yeah, is,
1: yeah it might be how you were raised, I don't know.
0: You know, it makes me think of someone I know who she's like a beam of optimism anytime you meet her to the point where you're. It's exactly what you're saying. You're like, okay, how genuine is this? Yeah,
1: almost um, not. <laughs> it's yeah. It's almost.
0: It almost seems fake because it's yep. so. Um, it's so optimistic. Um, but she she is actually very genuine in it. Uh, so I, I yeah I think I think a unicorn is a great way to put it. <laughs> and I'm curious about you know you talked about your background. You, you talked about the circumstances that you um came out of. How did you? Cause you know, these, these environments that are typically, you know, using your words, a depressed environment, Mm -hmm. a lot of these environments, they have systems that, that build on each other, you know, especially if it's a, a poor area, usually the schooling system isn't really well off. And that contributes in a number of ways, like higher incarceration rates. And then you have overcrowded jails and then all these things that are happening. You made it past all of that. How much of that, I mean, when you look back and you think about how did I, how did I make it versus someone else? I mean, cause you have people listening to the show who they're thinking about their own challenging circumstances right. and the things that they've had a battle and deal with would love to get your perspective on, on how you've overcome these things.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it comes back to good parenting. Like I do have really good parents and, you know, I've met people though, who have great parents and they still fall off or parents, people who have terrible parents and they end up very right. successful. You know? <laughs> but, um, I think, you know, I, I just always wanted more. And I always kind of felt like ever since I was a kid that I was a big fish in a little pond. Like I, you know, I had this just burning desire to do more. And when, you know, you're, you're looking around your circumstances there. I don't want to act like nobody there is successful. They are, but it's everybody knows everybody. Everyone's in everyone's business. Um, You know, the, the nearest steakhouse when I was growing up was 45 minutes away and it was just not a whole lot going on. A lot of people are overweight in that area. They don't, you know, take pride in themselves. And for me, I think the the biggest thing is is my original burning desire was to make my hometown better than what it was when I was growing up. And sure. that of the fuel. Now, I mean, I, I don't even go home hardly at all. I still love the people, love the town, but um I've I've learned that that my purpose is a little bit bigger than that. And yeah. I think that's what what I'm on now.
0: So so let's talk about that fuel and that entrepreneurial fuel that's you know, there's there's we talked about millennialism and how many of us, you know, we're, we're always sort of looking for that innovative um, answer for what our work should look like. Yeah. Uh, but on the same token, there's people even listening to the podcast who they're trapped in that eight to five or that nine to five job and they want what you're talking about. But there's sort of a thought process around like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what it would look yeah. like. How did you take that hunger and that ambition? And like, I'm thinking back to like that class, you know, you're in that class and and then it's after the class is over, it's like, okay, now's the time to actually get out there and invest. How did you start doing it? Like, how did you get over the fearfulness of like, am I really doing this? I mean, I
1: think I had enough pain in my life and that's kind of what they say, even with addiction or anything else that you got to kind of hit rock bottom before you can build back up. And for me, I was in a terrible financial position. I had nearly six figures of student loan debt, credit card debt. I was living off a tax return. Um, I had just ended a relationship with, uh, a, I would say celebrity at this point, but it was at the time he was not, it was just a bad relationship. You know, I kind of lost everything. I was living in a city with no friends. I knew no one. And I think when people want to become successful, they look too much to the outside for approval. Mm. If you want to get there, you're better off going alone. And I, and I don't mean not asking for help and not having people on your team. But for me, I literally went four years with no friends and I didn't do anything. And I know that sounds terrible to some people, but it's almost like, what, what is it to you? You know what, What's going to help you get there a little bit sooner? The other thing that really helped me, and I don't want for it to sound too foo-foo, but I am really into the law of attraction and I'm really into manifesting the life that you want. And so I did a lot of sleep hypnosis videos, Um, subconscious reprogramming because I did have all this negative baggage from where I came from that was embedded in my head. And I felt like, you know, if I was just consistently listening to the little voice in my head that said, you can't, or you won't, I never would have got there. So it all kind of chimed together. Um, Another big thing that helped me stay Grounded, I guess, towards my goals is I practice gratitude. So every morning when I wake up, I I write ten things I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: You have to, you know. It's like if if you're so caught up in everything that's going on right now, especially right now with what we're all dealing with with COVID and politics and just everything. Yeah, you lose sight of like your vision and everything that is great in your life. It's so easy to go down that rabbit hole.
0: Mm. I'm not really into like the the manifesting. Conversation. Um, conversation makes it seem like, hey, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, um, right. I, I'm I not personally really ascribe to it. Um, but it's interesting to me how, like, hearing you talk about this and then especially the gratitude piece, it feels like the, the people who I've talked to who are really successful, like yourself, have developed like this really rigorous intentionality on like their internal space, like their head space. Yeah. And it, you you made the joke about like, I don't be, you know, frou-frou or whatever, but it, it does seem like that's, that's like the easy thing to fall back on is like, you know, okay. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Okay. Be positive. But then I talk to someone like you and it's like, no, this is like an active part it of is. my life.
1: It is. I mean, and it, and it's, it is a little like, it's going to sound foo-foo in a moment, but remember <laughs> November this this November will be two years that I wrote down all of these different things that I wanted and one thing was I wanted to fall in love with the person I'm supposed to be with I wanted to be financially free um I wrote down the type of engagement ring that I wanted I wrote down that I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to have children I, I want to be a family of five kids if possible but I wanted a boy first um I wanted to live in a beautiful home. Like I, I listed all of these things and I am not joking you. I have every single one of them. <laughs> I'm not married yet, but I have the exact ring that I described. Never yeah. told my fiance what it was. Um, during COVID, I got pregnant, which was a complete mistake and we thought wasn't even able to, to happen. Shouldn't yeah. say mistake. I should say surprise. Oh no, yeah, but yeah. It was, it was <laughs> completely a surprise. I mean, and sure. we didn't even think that I was able to at that time. So it's like, you know, everything that that happened, I put it in writing and I kind of let it, just manifest or you know gave it to the universe or whatever you believe in and it it just happens and I think it's the same thing if you pray or if you if you just get you know into whatever it is that you're wanting and you let it go it it's amazing how things just fall into place.
0: But I I mean I assume for you like there were some because like I've I've and I've related with this but I've I've read stories of people who like they wake up in the morning for their business and it's like in whether it's a prayer or whatever it is yeah. but it's like I need more customers. And then they go about their day and it doesn't happen. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't get them. And there's, it feels like there's like this, this, and I don't know how to describe it, but like you're internally making it part of like your identity. And then I guess like your habits and your actions. Like, for example, like practicing gratitude, like I'm assuming you're probably not like, here's the things I'm grateful for. And then like, you know, screaming at the barista at Starbucks, you know what I'm saying? Like if you could give a little bit more insight as to like how you've developed like your habits and like your mindset, like during the day, especially like, um, you know, investing in general can be really scary. So like, how have you, how have you continued to sort of shape? um, I don't know if it's it's not really personality, but just those, those, those ways you approach business on a day to day.
1: It's, it's a muscle. So you have to consistently work it. I mean, there are days that I wake up and I don't feel grateful or there are days that I'm like, yeah, I am remind myself why I feel grateful. Or like my son this morning woke up with this really raspy voice and I'm like, why is he sick? Like, what did yeah. we do? It puts you kind of in that negative spell. But but I think, um, you know, for me, when when I first started doing this and this sounds crazy, but I, I would travel the country doing seminars and I was speaking and I was paid a lot of money to do that as well. And so I would go do an event. I'd be gone for three or four days and I would come home and in my apartment in the time I had a meditation room. Where Mm. I just would sit in there and I'm not kidding you day after day, like all day, I would sit in there and listen to like meditative music or Zen music or affirmations or anything that was just like good vibes that would put into my head. Yeah where you really don't have time to think about anything else or to worry about anything else. And I was still social. And then I you know, go about my day maybe you'll experience some negativity. But then when I got home at night, I would make sure that I did a video before I went to bed or wrote down again what I was grateful for. It's just something you have to really make the intention and do it. You have to force yourself to do it. And even on the days you don't want to, because it might not work right now and you might feel ungrateful for a couple of days, but then it all comes back into full swing.
0: Yeah. I feel like people who are listening are in one or two camps. Um, they're either already doing this and they're like, like Whitney, oh my gosh, yes. Like this totally works. Like I'm doing it. It's great. It's been amazing. And then there's people who are listening who are like, I don't have time for that. And for you who are listening, who are saying that I would challenge you try it for a month and just see, see what it does. Um, Whitney, we're, I I can't believe we're already getting towards the end of our conversation today. Uh, Let's talk about what I actually originally intended to talk about. And then I got so like swept up and like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Let's talk about real estate investing. Okay. Talk, Talk to me a little bit about, um, for the person who's listening, who they have a little bit of money on the side they've been looking for. Uh, and this is a, this is a brilliant concept in general for our listeners is finding ways to make passive income. That's outside of like the hours you're putting in from nine to five, what's like the starting point do you have any like tips for how someone could get engaged in real estate investing i mean what does that look like
1: yes i mean you've all probably if you're in this space you're on the entrepreneurial vibes and you you do this kind of like intention stuff they probably have heard of you know going to real estate seminars and learning and you know unfortunately there's a lot of bad people out there that do seminars but um from my experience specifically with elite legacy education it is definitely something you want to invest in yourself. So if you have the ability to get to a seminar and actually learn about real estate investing, I really encourage it, whether it's legacy or anything. I just I encourage you to learn it because what you don't want to do is take all the money that you have worked so hard for and go out there and try to do it yourself and end up blowing your money or getting into a bad situation. So what you want to do is make that money work harder for you. And one great way to do that is through rental properties or um, you know, like Airbnb vacation rentals, or what I do, which is the, the social housing or housing for social good, where you invest for both profit and purpose. Mm. And a lot of that is working with vulnerable populations who really do need a second chance. But I say that and people get excited and they're like, oh, I want to go buy a house to rent to people coming out of prison. And you can certainly do that. But how are you purchasing that property? Because if you don't understand the leveraging other people's money or leveraging your resources and you spend all your dollars trying to figure it out, you're not going to go very far. So if you can first understand how to creatively fund your deal and understand the asset protection side of it and the tax benefits associated with it and make sure you're buying a property in an appreciating area that has all the, the things that you, know, you should know if you're going to, to get into it. Then it'll make all of that happen for you. But a lot of people want to just go out there and do it, and you know, buy that property and put a bunch of people in it. And <laughs> you got to know what you're doing. We we yeah. have a saying that says, if you think the price of education is expensive, wait till you get the bill for ignorance, because you do end up uh, uh, paying for it one way or another.
0: And it sounds very complicated. Which I would just tell our listeners just to call you. It seems yes, like <laughs> that's that's the next <laughs> best step is just call Whitney. Uh, which by the way, for people who are listening, who maybe they want to connect with you or they maybe they want to learn more about uh, elite legacy education, what's the best way for them to reach out? What's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: For me personally, um, you can either find me on Instagram or send me an email. My Instagram is witchafin. So W-H-I-T as in Tom, C-H-A-F-F as in Frank, I-N as in Nancy. It is a private Instagram only because I now have a newborn and I don't want any weirdos, you know, Creeping yeah. the kids, but I'm I am I'm happy to connect with people and help them out because what most people don't know is everyone needs a place to rest their head at night. And there's a roughly $29 billion of funding for people in those vulnerable populations where you could actually tap into that and start helping those people and not only provide a second chance, but also make some money doing it.
0: Wow. That's great. Whitney, this has been a great conversation. It's flown by very quickly. Um, wh- one last question. what What's next for you? I know you have an eight-week-old. Are you continuing to be a stay-at-home mom and also do awesome conversations like this.
1: That's the plan. I mean, I I think my broadcasting uh degree is coming back full swing in this scenario, you know, doing some interviews and stuff, but my fiance is a general contractor. And so our goal is to continue. He's already doing it, but our goal is to continue to build new construction homes on the water here in Florida. And then I'm also a licensed agent with Douglas Element. So I plan to list those properties and do that kind of as my my main gig, I suppose. Sure. But my whole life, I've always wanted to be a mom. So that's really my next plan is to just continue with Whitney's Place and with um, you know all the other things I do and to to be mom and be present in their lives.
0: Yeah, well, congratulations on living your dream. And I so appreciate you coming on the podcast today.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Yep. Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put the link to Whitney's Instagram page. It's going to be down in the episode description below. Uh, You can also just check out more information there on her Instagram profile. I'm also going to put a link to the uh, Whitney's place, uh, Place whitneysplace.org. That web address is going to be down in the link below, uh, as well as some information on Elite Legacy Education Incorporated. Um, And hey, by the way, if you've been following the podcast and you love the podcast. What the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our good advice we're giving out on a weekly basis. And don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, you want to buy me a cup of coffee and say, hey, cheers to you for hosting the show, I'll take it. You can go to Patreon. It's at our Patreon at patreon.com slash advice. where again, you can support the podcast for as little as $5 a month. Hey, we appreciate you. And that's our good advice today. See ya.